Hey friends, my name's Stevie Taylor. Welcome to the Gig Life Podcast. My guest today is Michael Wheatley. Mike is a musician, singer, songwriter, burlesque and cabaret writer and performer, audio engineer, recording studio owner, DJ and just a real cool groovy dude. Uh, we sat down in his recording studio, Nut and Butter, in Marrickville in Sydney and um, we just talked about his career and stuff. Enjoy. Cheers. I think we're rolling. Hello. Yeah. Hello. I think we're rolling. You got it going. Michael Wheatley. G'day. How you going? Yeah, not bad. Welcome to the Gig Life Podcast. Thank you. No worries. We're here in your um, recording studio, Marrickville. Yep. Nut and Butter. Nut and Butter. Um, been here a few times and some, yeah, some good times in here. We've done a lot in here. We have, yeah. <laughs> yeah, drums and my little foray into singing and... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which maybe, pretty cool. I think we've worked on like maybe three different... Different projects, yeah. Projects, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because there was, yeah, there was Serge's Serge's thing, solo thing. That's company. right. The company, yeah. And then my solo, yeah. And then maybe the company stuff. came back again. Did we did, yeah, a little bit of bits of pieces, like some tracking. Yeah, we wanted to release some. We'd recorded some stuff in um, in New Zealand that hadn't been released, so mm-hmm. we thought we'd come in and maybe try and. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah but it was it good. Never happened. But that's <laughs> oh, all. <bummer>. Good. <laughs> I enjoyed the session. Yeah, no, it was good fun. <laughs> So I'm giving busy, man. Yeah, yeah. Super busy. What have you been up to? Um, well, uh, uh, like in the last half an hour. Uh, no, let's, let's, let's say, let's go. This year. This year we'll go this year, and then um, we'll, then we'll roll it right back. To the yeah, start. this year's probably been one of the biggest years of my entire life as far as uh, uh, being a performer, being yeah, being a creator mm-hmm. or an artist or whatever. Um, I've been, it's the culmination of about the last four, three, three or four years I started going on the road in the cabaret burlesque kind of world. Yeah. Uh, I started actually before them, it was about 10 years really, but this year I just, um, uh, I've completed four different fringe festivals, no, five different fringe festivals just this year alone, producing I think around about four different shows um, that I've either written or I'm producing and I'm in as well um, I write I've, I've written uh, music for commercials I've um, I've um, That's cool. I've started working on um, I've been working on some films I've also been in the studio here working on uh, a ton of amazing cool records um, just finished my wife Beck Jensen's yep. EP. I was listening to that today. Yeah, is that, uh, thanks. It's really good. Yeah, that was a um, big major, major project. That one it was pretty cool because we just the other thing that I did this year as well is we completely upgraded the studio. Yep. A uh, whole bunch of new old gear and yep. um, new computer and new sound cards and all of that sort of stuff. So. Yep. Uh, new software as well, so it was yep. kind of like starting all over again. Yeah. Um, uh, did recorded uh, an EP. And there's an EP in the 
process with a, an artist called Jack Beth, who a singer-songwriter from Melbourne who I work with. I did her last EP. We've been working on that. Um, and Lola Sola is another singer-songwriter. I've been working with her. Jeez, uh, and and just, yeah, I'm away most weekends if I'm not actually doing the music thing. Um, or I make all this music and then I, I go out and actually dance to it. Awesome. Yeah, so. That's good. Um, Do you stop for dinner or? Uh, <laughs> no, not often. Yeah. I became a vegetarian this year Did you? as well. Congratulations. Yeah, so, yeah, my wife's vegetarian. Yeah, um, yeah, problem is I hate veggies, so. <laughs> That's <laughs> fucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, um, yeah. that's okay. It's keeping, you know, I'm middle aged. It's keeping my weight down. Great. <laughs> that's cool, man. Yeah. That's really good. Now let's um, let's roll right back to where it all begun for you. Um, are you Sydney born? No, I'm from Perth. You're from Perth. Okay. Mm. And um, what was your sort of musical upbringing in Perth? I started um. In choirs uh, at about the age of four, yeah, and uh, progressed through there into musicals as well. I studied music as a kid. I learnt. I used to be able to sight read as a singer. Mm-hmm. Um, as a singer. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, but um, I know, and I've spoken to some other musicians about this too, who who sight read, and you don't. It's it's not like a bike. If you don't keep yeah, yeah, doing yeah. it, yep. it actually disappears. Yeah, yeah, I've been I, talking to a few people. You know, the same thing. Yeah. a lot of it, it's very, I can't sight read anymore. Yep. But yeah, singing, I used to be able to sight read. It's different, I think, singing to, to playing it, sight reading on an instrument. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, I even ever got one note to worry about at a time. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and um, B, it's just sort of... Unless you're Layla Hathaway and you can sing chords. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. You can sing right. chords like Yeah, you. I know, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I might have done that by accident when I was really angry at my kids once. <laughs> <laughs> Screamed at them and eight, vo- eight voices came Come out, on. but it could have been Satan at the same yeah. time. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really Exorcist cool. voice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, when did you move? Did, oh, sorry, did you move from Perth to Sydney? Uh, yeah, for a bit. Then I went to boarding school in Melbourne, mm-hmm. and that's where I, I went. I was, uh, it was an amazing school with a, with a huge theatre and stuff. So, I got to, um, and uh, we I was in competitive choirs. Mm-hmm. So our choir used to compete uh-huh. as well. And um, yeah, we won a few comps and and the m- musicals that this school would put on were like ticketed events that would sell out, and you'd have to do a run of like a week. I've just doing sorry, the show. Sorry, I've just got the. I mean, I haven't heard of that before. Um, Quite part, yeah, part of my ignorance. Yeah. I just got this this image in my head of like a. Can you get the rap battles? <laughs> <laughs> it's a choir battle. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, not like that. Um, are you backstage? Are you, are you backstage. backstage. Yeah. Are you singing off, or is it? No, no, no. You, you do you do no, your thing, and then the yeah. Next there's thing, a yeah, panel yeah. of judges, and yep. um, you you. Uh, each choir, you know, and there's madrigal groups, and there's um, smaller, you know, then there's the larger choirs, you know, um, and you pick, you know, the, everyone presents a different piece of music, and yeah, um, yeah, you just like you, you know, you've spent like three or four months practicing the hell out of it, yeah, and rehearsing and stuff, and yeah, our choir was pretty kick-ass. It was good fun too. I used to. I was lucky I had a very big range as a kid, so yep. I got to do tenor 
alto and soprano stuff, which right. was just yeah a blast. Cool. That helped me with the reading too. You know, yeah, awesome. like, yeah. Getting to do all of that. Different lines. Yeah, and then um yeah then I moved to Sydney and uh, music. I I didn't I I kind of I, I was in um I still I went to school. It was Mossman High. I went to uh, a lot of people in my year all kind of ended up becoming people like uh, Skunk Hour and uh-huh. um, Grinspoon came right. and um, uh, Morganics and, and Metabase and Breath they were a 90s hip hop outfit like yep. one of the first sort of Aussie hip hop groups and they were all all of those guys are in my year, we were all in the same year at school right. but I wasn't involved in the band scene yep. I was um, I was uh, so into <laughs> dancing and musical theatre and stuff yeah. that uh, that was my focus and yeah. I that school hadn't had a musical in something like 10 years or something and I got a petition signed and got it to happen and I, so that I was doing musicals still in high school and then um, I don't know I left school took acid uh, met a friend. Here we are. Met a friend who played guitar, <laughs> yeah. and I wanted to write songs, and we started writing songs, and I fell in love with that. Started an independent, you know, original rock band, and we were playing at. Um, we start our first gigs were at uh, Springfields and the Tom Tom Club in um, which is the old Cardoma Cafe in Kings Cross. Mm-hmm. What are they now? Springfields is now a. a, a a hostel, mm-hmm. and uh, Tom Tom Club is ah oh, Jesus. I think it's still a club kind of now. I can't remember what they call it. It's on Bayswater. Listeners, help me out here. <laughs> uh, Bayswater Road on that little strip right there, with all the other ones. Sweet Cherry or something. Underground. I think it's had so many fucking names. Underground's around the corner a little bit, off off the main drag. Yeah, Bayswater Road. Oh, that's Bayswater Road. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. That little strip right there. Oh, right. I think it's, it was underground. It was underground. Okay. okay. Yeah, it's well. down on the left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you do. Spin you go of, down the stairs. Spin and time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's been so many goddamn names, and you know, since the cross died, I haven't been back there in ages. So I've got no fucking clue. Yeah. What's on there anymore? Yeah. So I did all of that. Then, um, then I actually got a gig, um, being uh, singing, uh, and I, this was actually more kind of appealed to my um, musical theatre side and my acting and stuff. I got a gig in a concept band called the Australian Prince Show, singing Prince, and I got to tour, and uh, that just was like, fuck, I want this. But I don't want it like this. I want this, but I don't want it like this. I didn't enjoy... After a while, I kind of felt like oh, I should. I'm a music, I'm an original musician and a songwriter. <laughs> I love Prince, but like, and that was great. And I got like literally walked into the audition and I sang Raspberry Beret. And I think it was after the first chorus. They're like, "So when can you start?" <laughs> like, because I just used to love fucking imitating him. And yeah. then it just took me a long time to get away from that. Right. Then sorry. Um, um when yeah. did you start playing piano? Ah, uh, that well, that happened after the Prince show. Oh right. Okay. I quit that and I uh, went home and I was broke and I lived at my dad's house in Homebush and he had a piano and a book called Thousand One Keyboard Tips and it had like little graphs yep. for every scale in every key. Yep. Well, you know, the main kind yep. of, like a lot of the important ones, mm-hmm. the beginning ones, I don't know, all the modes, all of that. And then so what I did is I started, I'd pick a key each week and I'd write a new song in that key to learn how to 
Cool. Play the keys and also keep it interesting because I, f- I fucking hate doing lessons yep, and yep, yep. stuff like that. So, that yeah, that was... And then I taught myself that and then started a band called Raw Sugar. Mm-hmm. Got signed to Festival, a little bit of mm-hmm. love on Triple J, kind of... You, you, rele- you released some music? Oh, hell yeah. We, yeah. we did two albums oh, yeah, and, yeah. and two singles, I think, with Raw Sugar. Um... But, you know, like all of the, every horror story you can imagine, you know, that you've ever heard about getting a record deal and the things that can go wrong, wrong. they all happened to us. And it was probably the worst, worst time in my life as far as career went. I was the, you know, here we were with a record deal uh, and touring and all of this sort of stuff and people coming to the shows and CDs selling and, um... I got home and I couldn't understand why do I have an eviction notice, you know? Why am I so fucking broke? I have just spent the last three or four years of my life invested in this shit and, right. you know, running around the country playing every sort of gig and, yeah, it was awful. So it's just bad, bad manager, bad deal? Uh, look, was it the I, deal or was it the people that were... The deal was actually okay. Um, I think we just kind of got... Like the first album, uh, it was the timing of Mushroom Left Festival when our album came out. That sucked for the timing. And then with our second album, Mushroom came back and just went, I think they were a bit like, yeah, no, the, this is the stable we want to push. Okay. Uh, right. And so we got pushed aside again. And then, uh, you know, and also I, I, I wasn't, uh, I don't know, I didn't, I didn't, I probably fought too much with our management because I had visions and right. stuff and they had spreadsheets yeah. and, and um, you know, there was a lot of, you guys should be playing this sort of thing because this is what's popular and that just made me vomit. And, mm. you know. and how, how dare you have an idea of how you want your music to go? <laughs> yeah, <Come on>. <laughs> yeah. I, it's my, partly, my, I, it's my, partly my own, I'm responsible for that too because I was a very, all about um, democracy in the band and everyone get a say when yep. really probably I should have been like this is my shit here I started this let's do it like okay. this you know and, and 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 it was beautiful and it was a good thing that I'm not saying like we made some fucking amazing music and we had some incredible gigs we had a huge awesome loyal fan base you know um, and we were lucky enough to be part of this really cool moment in the 90s in Sydney uh, it was just like this big funk, funk rock explosion and everywhere. And it was like, it used to be a joke. You just like, we'd be like, oh, it's just another dumb, f- we're, you know, like, we're just another dumb funk band. Oh, <laughs> so, but it was beautiful. Yeah, it was yeah. great, man. And like, everyone, you know, that, the, all of the cats that are still out there gigging right now, a lot of those, like Mitch was there, you know, Mitch Anderson yeah. and... There was some, like, Clayton was, he was a baby back then, you know, he was playing in, in Jackie Ozowski's band, yep. and there was um, Dig, and there, like, they were all playing in at this one bar, pretty much, Kinsella's, and, and also another one, Harborside Brasserie, yep. and you just, like, yep. and you had Professor Groove, which was also Swoop, yep. you had all those guys, yep. it was just, And um, Calvin was in Professor Groove at the time, eh? Calvin was in Professor Groove, yeah. yeah. I saw him at Pier 1 one night. Yeah. Fuck, who the fuck is that guy? Yeah, Whoa. man. Yeah, yeah. Yo, well, man. <laughs> well, Ross Sugar used to do a lot of gigs with Professor Groove oh, and, right. and okay. with Swoop. Right. Um, and uh, and that's, I, that's how I got to meet Calvin, actually. Yeah. And 
we just clicked straight away, yeah, yeah. the two of us. Like, we just, I think maybe I was doing sound at the Golden Sheaf Hotel one night, and, and he came in and he was in a covers band. And uh, in the set break, we were sitting down, the two of us, and we just started, we really clicked because he wasn't happy in the particular band. And, the, you know, some of the cats in the band maybe weren't really sort of putting it in there. And Cal really likes that, likes that energy yep. and stuff. And um, we were talking about that and we just clicked and we connected. And then I finally had a chance to, I didn't have a drummer for a gig and I, mm. I booked him. And we did a gig together and shat my pants, man. It was the scariest gig of my entire <laughs> fucking life. I, and I learned more about music in that one gig with him than... Wow, shit. It, it just blew me away. There's only been one other gig that I've done where that's and person that, that, did, that did that to me. And he was a drummer as well. It's always drummers who fuck me up because I just get locked in on them. Um, there's a guy called Louis Burdett. Um, who's a avant-garde avant-garde Australian avant-garde jazz drummer from the like sort of late 60s yep. early 70s yep. I used to be in a quartet with him and yeah those two Louis and, and Calvin man they fucking shaped me as a muso like they taught me so much about about the one and about about pocket and about freedom and about about time, yep, and uh, man, changed changed my world. Those guys, yeah, that's really cool. And I still, if I play with Calvin, I still play with him occasionally. Still, if I play with him, I'm still scared. <laughs> I'm still scared. I'm still like fucking hanging on there. It's just yeah. like diving off a high, the highest fucking board yeah. possible. Yeah. You know, there's water at the bottom, but you're still scared. And you've been <laughs> training and practicing. You've got yeah. all the, you know, it's down pat. All the somersaults are all in your head, but you're still like going, fuck, I could die. <laughs> I could die. <laughs> you know, at the end of this drum fill, yeah. I could die. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Man. Uh, no, I play lots and lots with Cal. Yeah, that's cool. You know, and mostly I play with trios a lot, you know, yeah. and uh, so, so, What's going on, you know, is, uh, I don't know, there's heaps of space um, there, so you get to really uh, see what, or feel what everyone's got, what everyone's yep. thinking and what everyone's doing and vibing on. Mm-hmm. In trios, I find, yeah, yeah, you know, like yeah. in the bigger bands, you kind of, usually a little bit more like, I got my part and yeah, I, I need to be in this little spot yeah, here. You. Watch out, you're more watching out. Watch out, yeah. <laughs> Watch yeah, out, yeah. oh, don't oh, turn sorry. Oh, sorry, ouch. <laughs> oh, my bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whereas in a trio, it's kind of like, Mistakes actually turn into really beautiful things, yeah, you know, because, yeah. and I've always, like, improvised music has been, always been a huge, huge part. That was the other band that I had going on after, well, the rec- the 90s was um, uh, Sloppy Joe, which was a trio, and that started with my brother on drums and Serge from Raw Sugar on mm-hmm. on bass, and then, then another guy, uh, my brother moved away, and another guy called uh, Steele O'Neill, mm-hmm. Shane O'Neill, yep. came in and sat in on drums. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, we did like two years every Friday night at Opera Bar. Every right. Friday night for two years, right. uh, improvised the whole night. Really? And fucking, you know, there's like cool. 1,500 people there, 
and we just fucking it was the most arrogant thing you can imagine like none of us are trained musicians nothing we just actually were so fucking contemptuous it was ridiculous we would turn up and it was a good paying gig much better than it pays nowadays yep. it used to pay you know we'd get uh, $250 each to play uh, between when was it like 8 and 11, and we're only doing half-hour sets as well because the DJ is doing another half-hour set in between hours. Right. It's fucking slackest gig ever. Yeah, yeah. Out in the harbour. Yeah. Beautiful people all around yeah. us. And what would we do? we just turn up, literally turn up, set up. Look, oh, start time. What key are we in? I don't know. Oh, it's playing E. And what, or and or we would get the shit. For you, I fucking started the last three. You start the next, one. and we, that's how we would do it. And we would just make shit up for, for um, yeah, for you know, three sets and yep, it paid. And then we ended up doing corporate gigs like that. Yep, we would do these corporate gigs, and they're paying us like fucking. I used to we'd get like six hundred bucks each because we're a trio. I could yeah. just charge through the roof, and it was yeah. still cheap for them. Yeah, and we used to just sit there and just fucking. No singing. That was the other thing. No singing. It oh, was really? All, okay. All instrumental. All right. We just make tunes up. Just make <laughs> it up. You know, I obviously would have to come up with some heads all the time. And it was just funk and groove. And we ended up doing these awards nights. And we used to make up stings as the people were walking up to collect their awards. <laughs> and I felt like a mini Paul Schaefer, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. <laughs> it was good fun. And yeah. That's it, really cool. Yeah, it was fucking great. Yeah. No, I saw something pop up on Facebook the other day. Yeah, did you? Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, um, after this interview, I'm going back on Facebook Are to you? promote what we're doing. Great. Yeah, Can't we're wait here. Yeah. Uh, we just, yeah, yeah, we're just getting back together for some jamming. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. You catch us at the Hollywood Hotel. Okay. Yeah. And we'll um, if, yeah, if there's any promo stuff, I'll link that in the show notes yeah. to this. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I meant to put an event up. Yeah. <laughs> the, first, the first time I ever saw you, um, was at the basement, and it was for and I hear music.com e- oh, yeah. evening. Um, the band I was in at the time, the company, we'd been chosen to play in, in December. Right. And Calvin and Tim invited us down to the basement the month before. Yeah. Just to meet meet the guys. and Was that Beck's night? Was that? Was yes, it was yeah. as well. And, yeah. and you, you, you guys played. Yeah, right. As, oh, the, okay. trio, as the trio. Okay. Well, the Michael Week, the trio, I think it was... Right, that's what it's got on the thing. Oh, okay. Then it no, wasn't actually, Beck's one. No, it wasn't. No, because then, but Beck got up and played. She got up and played guitar. Yeah, I would have invited her up. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what it was. And um, me and my mate were sitting there, and you guys came on, started playing, and I went, "This is like fucking Jamiroquai. <laughs> what is this?" And then, "Is that fucking bass player?" Yeah. What did he throw his bass on the floor for? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, you so weren't the only one. You weren't the only yeah. one. Except my reaction is like, oh, fuck, he threw his bass on the floor again. <laughs> I thought it was the fucking coolest thing I'd ever seen. And yeah, and I just thought, wow, these guys come from. Yeah, that was the first time I saw you and obviously. And Serge. That would have been Shane. Shane, it was Shane. Probably Shane on drums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was good fun. Yeah. Yeah, we. Uh, yeah, we were called Michael Wheatley Trio for a while, I yeah. think. Just, uh, I didn't call us Dirty Carpet Disco Band because um, Opera Bar stole the name from me and uh, for their cocktails. They never, they, asked, they never like fucking really asked me. It just sort of turned up on the menu and, and it turned into their biggest selling cocktail. And I was, I actually, at the time I had the shits because every time I mentioned the band, 
well, not every time, but I had a few times when Sorry, I was mentioned it. Dirty Catman or Sloppy Joe? Well, no, after Sloppy Joe... After Sloppy Joe, yeah. I'd put Dirty Carpet Disco Band in there. And right, that was okay. the difference being that I was singing songs. Right, okay. So it wasn't instrumental. Okay, gotcha. Sometimes Sloppy Joe was Dirty Carpet. Right, I gotcha. <laughs> Same okay. people All right, okay. sometimes, right. but the difference being I was singing You were songs. singing, okay, gotcha. Yep. Anyway, they kind of, I, I would put posts up about it and people would go, oh, did you guys name yourself after the cocktail? Oh. And I was like, ah, fuck off. <laughs> and I just wanted to disassociate myself with that particular venue. I'd spent a lot of time there. I was, I, I booked it for 10 years straight Shit, and yeah. did all of their sound. And, you know, I, I used to do 13-day weeks there for about 10 years straight. So I kind of just went, yeah, I just need to have a break from yeah. that. And, yeah, called it MW Trio for a while, right. which is a really fucking boring name. I should have just kept Dirty Carpet. Yeah, that's a much better name. <laughs> and I've won it back now, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think so, because we yeah. put albums out with that name again. Yep. And stuff. And... Uh, all right, let's talk a little bit about music production and how that sort of started for you, because we're sitting here in your recording studio, custom, yeah. custom-built recording studio. We're in, we're in the um, control room, and you've got a soundproof room next door. And yep, and then there's the band room there's outside. There's the band room outside. So where did... Where did that, uh, the inkling to start doing your own recording happen? Um, oddly enough, I've always, I actually prefer recorded music to live music. And I've always just, like, I would prefer to sit down and listen to a really cool album than I would going to see a gig. Um, probably because I'd make a living I've always made a living on stage and also as a live sound engineer. I yep. worked as a live soundie for about 25 years. Okay. Um, and I just, I'd, like I bought a four track in the 90s. I got, I went to School of Audio Engineering. I, oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, I dropped out though because it was in the 80s and it, just, it was a real bitch trying to get studio time. Oh, and then right. when you'd get it, it just was such, so hard to learn. You know, I, I got, I got... In, I learned all the basics and learned how to splice on tape and yeah, you know cool. I learned all of that sort of stuff and, th- and that stuff I'm really grateful for yep. um, you know the basics of sound and the basics of how effects and delays and phases and choruses and all these things work and mm-hmm. that was really good grounding and um, but yeah I don't know I uh, what sort of happened was um, I always loved it um, producing and recording and would try and get on the controls as often as possible uh, and then computers came along and you could actually record on them and then mp3s came along so you could actually release it uh, I just been obsessed with it ever, you know I think probably about 99 yep. 1999 was when I first got like I think it was acid pro yep and I made my first album solo album on acid pro Wicked. and released it and uh, actually charted on the internet there used to be a website called mp3.com. Yep, I remember. And I charted on that and was selling my own music on the internet, for, like, in 99. Yeah, yeah. That's and, awesome. And uh, I remember... That's ground floor shit. That, I know. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and um, I remember saying to Beck, my wife at the time, she was like, oh, okay, this, this is weird. I don't get it, you know? And I'm like, babe, this right <laughs> now is the future. Yeah. The, what we I'm the, what I'm learning how to do right now 
<laughs> make this music and sell it online and these mp3 things trust me this is actually going to be how people will uh, access music and we're making some money with it right now also i can see that that's not sustainable yeah and like i could just see this huge shift happening I, and i wanted yeah, to get in sort, yep. and also just like with computers suddenly i didn't you know i mean my first album sounds terrible it, you can tell i know i made it in a tiny teeny little room yep. next to the laundry on a clunky old like it was windows 98 mm -hmm. you know and with a i had a 58 and a road nt3 that was my expensive mic you know <laughs> that was my fancy mic Yo. and um and i had like a sound card that was just it was so crap and it was awesome it's really awesome, cool. yeah, it is. You know, and it's then so cool. um, then I... People don't realise just how easy No, they've got it now. Oh, no, they don't. No, no idea. idea. <laughs> no, no idea. idea. Yeah. So, I, yeah, actually, so... my first album is all stored on floppy disks. Oh, just right, to okay. give you an idea. Of, yeah. I had to break everything down into samples and yep. loops and stuff to be able to actually, you know, make it work. My first demo was on a four-track Tascam. Yep. I've made a whole bunch of albums on that. The, yeah. The, uh, your listeners can't see it, but I've yeah. got a whole pile of cassettes. Look, here's the, 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 the floppy disks from my oh, first yes. album. Right. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, got all of that. And then I, you know, I ended up uh, having to get the day job thing going, which was yep. a, um, I ended up becoming a venue consultant uh -huh. and running all these venues and booking yep. and live sound and yep. whatnot. And, um, then after about 10 years of that, I, I kind of just hit a brick wall and I got completely over it and I needed a change. At the same time, I also got a nice inheritance, uh, bought a house, and it was the first time a bank would... I knew, I, just, I knew it was the only time a bank would listen to me and this we were like one of the last low-doc people, right, yep. so I didn't have to provide any information right. and I got a loan for the studio Yep. and just thought... I went, yeah, I, I hired some amazing um, acoustics and studio builder dudes, um, uh, the Talby brothers, who are perfect in perfection, and they'd built um, Jim Blackfoot's studio in Alexandria as well, so they ba built me a little baby version here, right. and um, uh, I, I was really fortunate that I had, I, I managed, somehow managed this transition of venue consultant to studio owner really well because uh, Opera Bar was making they like to put out a CD and I suggested to them well how about um, I'm building a studio how about uh, we get all of our bands to come into my studio one at a time and I'll record the album and so I got to break the studio in with a really large nice budget too they paid me okay Actually, they paid me excellent considering it's the first time I was doing anything in this studio. Yeah, right. And it was the first time I'd ever made a record right. at that kind of level. Right. And I had very, you know, like I had some amazing people in here to, to learn how to make a record on. I had Jeff Duff. I had Professor Groove. Oh, sorry, they were Fatback 4-Way. I had um, Kevin Tay. I had basically everyone who was kind of in the funk soul scene and gigging around Sydney and at the top of their game, they all came in here and I got to record them. I had Marinia, she mm -hmm. came in here. Um, 
I had a whole bunch of people, and it's a really, really awesome, awesome record. It's a double CD. Mm-hmm. Uh, one half was like about 10 or 11 artists all recorded in here. And then the other CD was all of our DJ producers. Right. And, yeah. Was this, a, was this a promo thing for the Octobar? Yeah, so they so sell it, it. they didn't release Did they release yeah, it? Yeah, no, it's on, I think it's... You, Is it on you, digital? Yeah, it's on iTunes. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I'll check the, the first one, I don't know if you, you can me? find that anymore, because that was a CD. A CD, okay. But the one that I produced with and recorded and stuff, yeah, it's um, okay, just well, on Opera Bar Live, it's called. All right, cool. On we'll iTunes. Put it in the whatever. show notes. Mm. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, unfortunately, I didn't um, I didn't get to release that one. So yeah. I would have loved to have had hands on that now. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, and also more just to, I'd love to have been able to just make sure it was, it's still online and all of that kind of thing. And yes. Yeah keep its integrity there but um yeah it was a great album so then i did that and before i knew it uh we're up to that was 2009 we opened and uh yeah so it's nearly 10 next year's 10 years yep we having a party or um i don't know yeah probably party Party would be good actually uh party would be fucking excellent actually um, and I'll probably do something like, um, I haven't done one for a while, but I might do a band comp or something just so I can offer. Fuck, that's cool. Because I like, I, I like to be able to, yeah, give, I like something to give back. back you yeah. know, I'm really fortunate yep. to be in this position, like yep. so fucking fortunate. And I'm very aware of my privileges here. Awesome. And so I do like to give back, which probably, yeah, reflects in my pathetic rates <laughs> you know as long as i can pay the mortgage on this place well that's then cool. i'm yeah. i'm happy yeah you know that's cool um because i just yeah and I, i'm really lucky i get to work with because um, i don't advertise so it's all word of mouth yeah it is, yeah and so beautiful people's pass on to beautiful people's yeah. and i get yeah. to i just get to work with some really cool out of the way um singer songwriters and artists and uh and everyone's so quite diverse. Like, you know, I got to work with you on your stuff, which mm-hmm. is so goddamn different to what I might do the next week with, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, a singer-songwriter who, you know, like Jack Beth, for example, I get to... We get to go to town. Like, we experiment. Like, yep. she's very experimental in, yep. this, in, in her writing, and yep. she just lets me go to town with sounds right. and and production and so we that's awesome you know just great and then i like you know then i'll have um uh who you know i get some semi-famous kind of people like uh courtney act famous drag yep. queen yep. singer yep. uh she came in here to do her vocals for her edinburgh fringe show and stuff okay. you know and those kind of jobs i'm like okay fuck I gotta get this right. <laughs> this has to be very pro and professional. Yeah. yeah. No, don't be stoned. <laughs> <laughs> be switched on, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> there's creativity and yeah. there's creativity. Creativity, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, cool. you're not creative in this capacity. You're capturing creativity. <laughs> yeah, I think Stay I'm, together. I reckon I'm creative. Yeah. yeah. No, that's cool. Yeah. And uh, yeah, who else have you had to here? Oh God, man! It's um, Jesus. It's, I actually, I, I had a feeling you were going to ask me this question, <laughs> and I, it's really tricky to answer. I've yeah. had so many, so many 
people come through the studio now. Yeah, yeah. So many variety of jobs. Um, uh, it's really, yeah, it's it's actually difficult for me to remember. There's a li- I know there's a list on your website. Yeah. Look, the stuff that I'm really proud of, probably the big one, and I'd love to shout this out and put it into the podcast, one of the greatest Please, experiences yeah. that I've had as a musician, a composer, an improviser, and an artist, oh, and as a producer, would have to be working with a, a woman called Candy Royale. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, sadly, she passed away in uh, June mm-hmm. this year, on the 23rd. Um, she was fighting cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, but the two of us met about eight years ago. Mm-hmm. She saw me, like you, she saw me playing a gig. Um, with Serge and Calvin actually and um, ran up to me and said she's a performance poet and she has to she really wants to um, uh, do this thing where we mix performance poetry with live funk she just came straight up she just came straight up to me at this party while I was playing and she's really crazy like yeah. to look at and yeah. and 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 different and weird and I was like oh yeah whatever kind of vibe I don't know you seem like a bit of a freak and then I checked her out and I actually went wow this person's got something really cool going on and her message was just amazing and um yeah we ended up making three fucking brilliant albums and and touring them for about 6 or 7 years I think we were on the road with different tours and we you know, we'd headline at National Folk Festival and stuff, and uh, we did Seymour Centre. We do like did just incredible gigs, Townsville Cultural Festival, all sorts of stuff. But um, what we created together in the studio, like the studio stuff, was great. The way we'd make our albums was she'd write a whole bunch of poems. We'd all get together here. I'd set everything up: a microphone for her, you know, keys, a whole bunch of. I didn't. I usually just would have one keyboard for me because I was also engineering, so I didn't want to think too much. Then yep. I'd have Shane in there with all of his toys and drums and Serge on the bass, and um, we put him out there because he likes to smoke. And um, we'd pre- we she'd read a poem to us, and then basically we would press record, and we would write the whole thing as we go. That's cool. And so the albums have this amazing kind of like spark to them. Um, of real, real energy, real, just, um, they're improvised, the bases of them are improvised, and then, and then afterwards, I'm, I get to do the overdubs and just kind of, like, clean it up a little and whatnot, and as we got, as we progressed, the, you know, like, say, you know, we did try things each time, like, we tried different approaches, like, the middle album, we, we actually had a couple of things that we composed first, and then there was the the third album, which was um, it was just such a very touching and amazing experience. And it was, you know, it's kind of her son, swan song. If you're like, oh, she listen- knew, she knew. Oh yeah, she was yeah. fighting for four years. Okay. So every gig, every recording, every time we met, it, we treated it as though this could be the last time ever. And so there is just something unfucking believable in in you can't, in. Can't touch that. You can't. It's just like, and everyone was so committed. Fuck, I'm getting emotional myself. Yeah, the integrity behind it all and the intention, you know, it's just incredible experience. I've actually kind of just been in a bit of um, 
I'm still in shock from it all. And yeah. it, we did have a whole lot of plans that, you know, were meant to be in place right now. There's actually an album in the can, all sorts of stuff like that, that um, sort of uh, it's readjusted things for me too. So I'm not too sure what I'm doing with the, the, the very near future of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if your listeners out there want to check out something, if you've liked this and you want to check something out, um, check out Candy Royale. Um, on on Spotify or all of the music places, because uh, that's my shit. That's my great. That's band. what I'm really proud of. <laughs> like as far as something special and magical that came from being from, in from the studio, here, and then of course all the other things. I like. Um, you know, I've made some great records with Beck as well, yep. and that's fucking fantastic. That was why we built it. Yeah. You know, and and I've, and then every now and then. Every now and then, I um, somehow managed to fart out an album of you my do own. You something yourself. <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, Yeah, to. why not? Yeah, I just, you know, they, the albums usually get made by me chipping away late at night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For an hour or two here and yeah. there. And, um, yeah, put something out. That's wicked, man. Mm. Now, when, when was the moment you decided to sort of, I won't say bear away because you're still doing it, but start getting back into the, ca- or getting into your cabaret? That would have been 2010, mm-hmm. and I had quit Opera Bar, yep. and or not just Opera Bar, but I had quit my uh, day job as a um, um, venue consultant, Yep. and I actually, in some ways, I feel like I quit the music industry okay. as well, and um, I got asked to sing at, in a cabaret show, or someone put a post up going, hey, do I know any crooners, and I'm not a, I didn't. I just said yes. I don't know. Something just said, say yes. And I said yes, and I got the gig, and I ended up doing it. And uh, before, like within you know six months or something, I was writing and composing and producing uh, shows for burlesque performers and like who wanted to band. And, like, so I'd write all of these songs for them to actually dance to and then play them with a the band. And, and I just fell in love with it. It was just like, because I got to have the interplay with a dancer which is a whole other experience to interplay with musicians mm-hmm. and it also meant I had to find bands that could understand because gotcha. I've also been in other bands with dancers and I've sat there and just gone with my head in my hand going oh my gosh it's you know what it's like when you, you watch two people who don't speak the same language trying to talk about something yeah. deep yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know something technical even yeah. Yeah. and you just sit there and it well, you know basically they have two languages and musicians one two three four and the dancers five six seven eight right. and yeah. never do they think to stick them together yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that it's a very different mentality but I love it and I love the challenge because yeah. the dancers I would send them a piece of music and they'd write back to me and their notes just if you're a muso it just don't make any sense at all but, but you have to make sense of it but I'm you? a dancer as well okay. so I I loved it I yeah. loved inter- reinterpreting what they're talking about into music and it made as a musician was even more challenging because you had to think about yep how do we do that? How do I get their vision alive with with music? So it was really cool. And then I fell in love with it. And, you know, through acting and stuff, I also was hosting a lot of those shows and stuff. And um, one night I was being a silly bugger and I pulled my pants down. Someone took a photo, put it on the internet, and within a month I was touring the nation as a... As a <laughs> 
as a, a, a full-time professional male burlesque dancer. <laughs> I don't know, man. It just happened. And then I was, you know, I was 45 as well. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, well, fuck, this is a, as far as midlife crises go, crisis go, um, this is a, probably a, this is better than buying a motorbike and, and wasting my money on hookers and cocaine. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Anyone out there want to tell me? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I'm guessing. I'm guessing. Yeah, I'm yeah. guessing. That's what they say. That's what they say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read that somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Now, I've, I've taken three quotes from your website. Not quite, well, yeah, they're quite, they're, they've come from... Oh, press people, quotes? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I want, I'm going to read them out and then if, if you can explain them. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the first one, the carpet's clean. We'll have to do something about that, said Mr. Wheatley, as he slid behind the piano, dominating the Ellington stage. Right. Where was that? That was um, at Ellington Jazz Club in Perth. Yep. It was um, a French, a Perth Fringe World Festival, um, maybe two years ago, and it was a review from the Australia Times, and it was for... The show was called Michael Wheatley and the Michael Wheatley and the Dirty Carpet Disco Band, and okay. it was just it was me before I'd, I was just starting to work out how to put a cabaret show together. Yep. But I presented it as a gig because I, I wasn't too sure. You're kind of hiding behind the yeah. I didn't band quite a little bit. Well, no, so yeah, not hide, not it was, hide, but I was more just I didn't know how to make a make a cabaret show. Okay. So um, we'll start here. Yeah. So, but anyway, that's what that's from. Okay. And um, yeah, they have a beautiful nine foot grand piano there and. Um, that's what I was sliding behind, all right. <laughs> and yeah, the carpet was clean, yep. and we're dirty carpets, so. <laughs> a voice that's downright fuckable. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Dan Murphy from Brag Magazine. Yeah, that was, that was, look, I don't know if I'm allowed, I'm, I'm hanging on to it, because it was in the 90s, yes. Okay, yep. But, um, and maybe it's, the voice isn't downright fuckable anymore, maybe it's just downright <laughs> sleazy and creepy, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm keeping that quote because it sells tickets, man, uh, yeah. every time. <laughs> that was great. from um, the single, the Raw Sugar single, Angel Beat, and um, that was from the review of that. Awesome. In 1997, I think. Cool. And Sydney's own Jamiroquai. Now, I mean, I, mm -hmm. I get this because... Yeah, that, that's what I turned to my mate and said, fuck, these guys are like Jamiroquai. And, and I only read this quote the other day. Yeah, Spot right. Spot on. That was from uh, a review for uh, my 2003 solo album, Under the Hood. And, yeah, that yep. was a review for that. Yeah. Cool. From, uh, I can't remember who the writer was. Yeah. But it was in the Herald, so the yeah, Sydney yeah, Morning Herald. Sydney Morning so, Herald, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that one stays. Yep. No, that's good. <laughs> Now, um, where are we at now? What, what are you? Now? What's in the pipeline now? What What are we? Uh, I am. You look like you haven't slept much. I haven't slept much <laughs> at all, man. I'm yeah. I'm a bit run ragged. I'm trying to take it easy. Uh, I'm not travelling too much. Yep. Over the next couple of months. Because uh, you've been away a lot. Yeah, heaps. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm at least a third of the year literally away yep. Yep. like uh, at the beginning of the year the the first tour that i did yep. was uh 64 days mm -hmm. and i did um 70 engagements over two cities and drove over 10,000 kilometers in that 64 days and i'm still trying to recover yeah, physically yeah. from that right now right and i'm actually in the middle of planning next year's two-month right. tour you should be good to go by then eh? 
Yeah, I'm good to go back. <laughs> yeah. Plus, I'm, 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 I'm going to fly this time. So. <laughs> no, I'm freaking yeah. driving from Sydney to Perth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, so, yeah, I'm actually just really busy getting getting all of that together. Yep. Um, thankfully, there's no embargo, press embargo, so I can tell you I'm getting together for Perth Fringe World and Adelaide Fringe next year. Yeah. Putting that together. I've got a brand new show I'm writing at the moment, which is a... It's called Forever in My Life, uh, a tribute to Prince. Great. And it's going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah a, a nice little solo show uh, where I go. I just tell a little story of my connections with yeah, yeah. Prince, and um, I'll just look at things also about how the impact that it has on us when someone who's so close and important to us passes away, but we've never actually met them. Mm -hmm. And I want to sort of study some of that some of that and work that out because it's a very you kind of need to be home for that hey you need to be home to work that stuff out eh? oh gosh well no actually no. i tell uh, i tell you the majority of what i write because i do a lot of comedy as well the majority of my writing is in the car oh right okay often on the way to the gig <laughs> <laughs> and then i try it at the gig and what i remember when i get home stays and then I sit down and I'll write it pen and paper. But cool. most of the stuff, I don't listen to music in the car. Yep. I just sit there and listen to my head. And um, it's really horrible at times, but sometimes there's some funny <laughs> things in there. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> Hang on to them. I like how you said it's a performance. If I remember it, it stays. If I forget it, it's gone. Yeah, yeah. I don't think yeah. it's a keeper if it, if it that's, goes. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm always about that. Yeah. Always about that. And I write it down after. Yep. And then when I write it, often it develops again. And, yep. Um, yeah. But that's that's um, that's that's a whole other, uh, that's another interview. That's comedy. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's two. comedy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. That was fun. Yeah, man. That was cool. Um, Michael Wheatley, thank you so much for doing this. No, I'm Steve Taylor. Steve Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> cheers, bro. Really appreciate it. All right, man. That was fun. Yeah. Awesome, cheers. Man. All the best All right. with it. Thanks, bud.